that's all I can remember. Uh, turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to <clears throat> to the book of of uh, Luke, the eleventh chapter. And don't stand yet, because what I want you to do is I'm going to tell you what the title of the message is, and then I've got a few things I want to say about the title. Uh, title of this message, message is Ask and Ye Shall Receive. Now, don't show any, don't show hands, but how many believe that? I mean, this, this is emphatic. This is not, not a trick. There's no trick in the Bible. There's no trick questions in the Bible. There's no trick questions about the Bible. Uh, ask and ye shall receive. What the Bible says. And, uh, either you believe that to be true or you don't. Or you're skeptical of it. You've got to be careful how you answer that because a lot of people are skeptical of that very statement right there that comes directly from the Bible. Ask and ye shall receive. This message that I'm going to preach this afternoon is a message within the message. Uh, I don't do, I don't do any points anymore in my messages. I, I preach strictly, uh, expository type preaching of the messages. But I don't do it because I, I know it may sound better to people, but, but within this message, within the context of this message, I've counted around 20, maybe over 20, in this, things in this message that causes, causes prayer not to be answered. And now, you know, you'd have to take the message and study it. And to see uh, exactly how many how many is there, but there's a lot of implications to reasons why that uh, uh, our prayers are not answered. All right, let's all stand, if you would, and <clears throat> turn with me to Luke, the eleventh chapter, if you would. Luke, the eleventh chapter. Let's stand. I'm going to read our text today from Luke, the eleventh chapter. I'm going to read the ninth and tenth verses. The ninth verse of Luke 11 says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. There's about four of those right there. Of why our prayers aren't answered. For every one that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. There's three more. So right there is approximately seven reasons why prayers are not answered. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. And Lord, I'm thankful you do answer prayer because uh I've had some prayers that I've I know I've prayed amiss and but uh I've had a lot of prayers over my lifetime answered. And you, you've given me peace at times when I need it. <clears throat> you've given me uh, encouragement at times when I need it. <clears throat> and Lord, uh, I do know that, uh, that people are very skeptical of what I'm about to preach at this time. 
because people sometimes wonder why it is they pray and nothing ever happens. And Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit if it be your will to bless us today. Lord, go with us and take care of us as we attempt to preach this message to these people today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, the Bible plainly teaches men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's um, within that statement right there. There's two of them. If you don't pray, you're not going to, definitely not going to get an answer. And if you pray, believe in possibility that this is not going to happen, that's, that's why prayers aren't answered. I mean, when you go through this, you'll find that <coughs> there's many reasons in here. And, you know, if, if I, I started to just put them out, one, two, three, four, but I decided just to leave it as an expository-type message. <coughs> he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Do we always pray? No, sometimes we don't. Uh, do we pray and then realize that, well, possibly nothing's going to happen. Not, nothing's going to change. You know, uh, there's reasons why God doesn't answer prayer. Those who pray the most have the most encouragement to pray always. You know, when, when God answers your prayers, you want to pray again. But you got to be careful what you want to pray about again. You know, I've got God's attention, so let me ask him for a new car. Now that I've got God's attention, let me ask him for a new house. Now that I've got God's attention, let me ask him for that mailbox full of money that some of these preachers don't tell me to promise you you'll have. Why you got God's attention? God only has to answer one prayer that'll make you answer, pray again. But if, if you pray and, and, and you never see any, any fruit out of your prayers, then you'll, you'll quit. You'll quit. You may quit for a while. You may quit for a long time. You may quit for good. But the, the, the thing about it is, is, those who pray the most have the most encouragement to pray always. <clears throat> the testimony of a constant prayer is, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplication. Psalms 116.11 I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Well, that, that, there's a determination there. How much do you love the Lord? You see, see where we're going with this. How much do you love the Lord? You know, you may say, well, I love the Lord and, and, and really don't love the Lord. said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. You know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things out there that teaches us why we, should, why we love the Lord and, and what, what are the recommendations 
in the scriptures as to what happens if we love the Lord. John said, John said, Jesus, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. John said, uh, John says, if you love the Lord, keep his commandments. That's in 1 John. Now, if you don't keep his commandments, then that, that's the indication you don't love the Lord. So you see, there's a lot of reasons why our prayers are not answered. A lot of reasons why our prayers are not answered. Jesus said, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he shall give it unto you. Two or three right there. Do you ask in the name of Jesus? Do you love the Lord enough to ask in his name? Do you love the Lord enough to know that he's going to bless you regardless if you pray? Do you believe the promises of God? That's a promise right there. That's a promise right there. Jesus said in John sixteen twenty three. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask, the Father in my name, he shall give it unto you. He's even said there, he said at the very beginning of it, he said, you won't ask me. You don't do it. We just, we let it go by. We, we, we don't ask. We have a, we're going to form a prayer circle in just a little while. And you, did you know, and I'm going to say this, one person's lack of faith in that prayer circle will destroy the whole prayer circle. That's right. What about Achan? Achan seeing that one sin and destroyed all of Israel. They lost every battle after battle. And they was wondering why they lost the battles. Why, why, Lord, did we lose the battles? And what, what did, what did, what did Moses tell him? Moses said, you got a man there that did something wrong and you got to search him out, find him out. Well, what does that mean? That means you could, you could have a member of your church that is not doing what they're supposed to do and God is, is holding that against the whole church. One person. You say, well, that's unfair. Not in God's book, it's not. Not what God teaches, it's not unfair. It's the fairest thing ever was. God told him, says, you go search that man out, and, and then you deal with him as he should be dealt with. And they did, and they wound up killing him and his whole family. So you see how prayer also is within the group, you know, while that one sin that Achan did, he lost his whole family over it. You know, do, do we do we ever see that? No, no, it's nobody's business if I sin. Nobody's business. Nobody don't need to know if I sin. And that's very, that's very, 
evident because I don't see too many people confessing their sins. And as I said in Sunday school this morning, I don't see too many people crying over their sins, weeping over their sins. Bible teaches us we should weep over our sins. Don't see too many people doing it. Just think of the one who promised. Jesus was the one who promised. It was the one who made the heavens and the earth. It's the one who has all power. He is the faithful and true witness. The God who cannot lie. The Lord who is redeemer of souls. He's the one who made the promise. He made the promise. He said, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he shall give it unto you. It's hard not to believe that. Not to believe it. I mean, it's easy not to believe it. I'm saying that wrong. It's easy not to believe it. Serious? You say, well, that confounds me. It confounded me too. Confounded me too. Go ahead, Joel, just preach. I'll out preach you. But anyway, Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Those are simple scriptures. Does it scare us to death to so scare us so much that we won't stay away from those scriptures? We don't want to preach them. We don't want to teach them. We don't want to hear them. Where is God? Just like the lady said to me one time when I went all the way back to Kentucky to preach her daughter's funeral that got killed in a car wreck. She come run to me, put her arms around me. She said, where's God? She said, I've been, I, I have been praying to him ever since she got killed and, and said, I haven't heard anything from him and she wanted to know where God was and I told her I said he's the same place he always was but she said I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed and I have not one response from God as far as comfort of this right here said I just can't find it The statements are of such that even a little child can understand them. How wonderful it is that God of all grace would give instructions in such a childlike style. Walk up to one of these little children, little Ashton. Tell her, I guarantee you, tell her if she'll pray, God will answer her prayers. I guarantee you she'll pray. Because she really believes that God will answer her prayers. Aniston really believed that God would answer her prayers. That little girl prayed a prayer that I know she believed that God would answer those prayers. 
But what, what, what about us? We're grown-ups. Are, are we too grown-up and too mature and all to go to God and as a little child and, and, and ask Him as a little child what our, our, with our problems? Well, I've got a statement here I'm going to make right now. It says, the world tries to make scholar out of Scripture. That's, a, that's another thing that's wrong. The world tries to make scholar. How many discussions has been made in the halls of scholastic Bible teaching has this been discussed? And how many opinions do we hear from it? See, we, we try to make everything scholar. Let's go talk to somebody else and let's find out what they got to say about it. Well, they got something to say about it. Well, let's go talk to somebody else, see what they got to say about it. Let's get on the phone. Let's find out what somebody else has to say about it. Had a man not too long ago, one man I drank coffee with. And one, and one of them is supposed to listen to this message today. And a man, I told him something about the scriptures, and he said, well, I'll get on the phone, call my pastor, and see what he thinks about it. They try to make scholar out of everything. You know, these, these are simple scriptures. You can't make scholar out of these scriptures. These scriptures say what they say, and they mean what they say. And, and in the context of everything that I'm preaching right now, they mean what they say. The world tries to make scholar out of scriptures. And by doing so, they lose a very understanding of scriptures. His instructions are so very sufficient. Very sufficient. He simply says, Whatsoever ye shall ask. That's a simple. Whatsoever ye shall ask. This swings a door wide open to effective prayers. Whatsoever ye shall ask. Swings the door wide open to effective prayers. Jesus said, If ye then, if ye, if then ye being evil, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? All the promises are yea and amen. Every one of them, yea and amen, that is in him. The condition, the conditions is to praying are very plain and simple. Ask as children, and let your request be made known in a childlike fashion. 
Ask of your Father. Who else knows what you have need of before you ever ask it? God knows what you have need of before you ever ask it. So why are you afraid to ask him? Ask him. Don't be afraid to ask him. Ask him. Ask in the name of Jesus. Let us ever remember this new way of praying is through the rent veil of the Savior's flesh. He gave his very flesh that we can have the privilege of praying in his name. Privilege of praying in his name. He gave himself as a sacrifice for each of his elect that the effective door of prayer, door of prayer is now opened. He gave it. He's the one mediator. Now listen. Jesus is a mediator between God and man. People says, well, we don't need a priest today. We can pray. You've already got a priest. Jesus is that high priest. He's the one that makes a way that we can go to the Father. Why would we not pray in his name? Why would we not as little, like little children get down and pray in his name? There's a lot of people think it's sissy to pray. I've, I've, I've been told over the years, you don't have to pray about everything. There's no need to pray about everything. It's sissy to get down and, and pray about everything. I know most of you have never met uh, old brother Trainer. The ones that you had talked to Robbie Jeffries, ask him about Brother Trainer. Old Brother Trainer would stop. He'd, he'd, he'd be walking. He'd just stop and get right down on his knees and start praying about something. He was known to be that way. He would just stop. Old Brother Trainer, he would just stop. He would just stop wherever he was. He'd get down on his knees and start praying. He'd see a car wreck, and he'd get out of his car, and he'd get down on his knees right beside his car. He'd pray for those people in that car. But guess what? About everybody thought Brother Trainer was an odd individual, and he was. He was very odd. Come on in and enjoy the newfound freedom that we have in prayer. Ask according to his will. The Apostle John said, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. 1 John 5 and verse 14. 
You know what the key is there? Do you know what his will is for your life? How can you ever pray an effective prayer if you don't know what his will is for your life? Like the fellow told me, uh, he, he, he called to preach. Fourteen years later, I saw him. And I asked him, I said, brother, where are you preaching? Oh, I'm still waiting on the Lord's will for my life. Fourteen years later, I'm still waiting on the Lord's will for my life. I said, well, when the Lord called you to preach, that was his will for your life. He said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I said, yeah, that's what you're saying. Well, what, what has to happen, brother? This, this was said, I, I was, I was speaking at, at a, um, at a graduation exercise. And I happened to see him before it came time for services to start. And I was sitting down talking with him. And I said, brother, I said, what is it, brother? His name was Edgar. I said, brother Edgar, I said, what does it take for the Lord to do to you to get you to see what the will is for your life? He said, I don't know. I'm just waiting. Fourteen years. It had been 14 years since I knew him. 14 years he'd done nothing. He didn't preach. He didn't pastor. He didn't do anything. 14 years. Waiting on the Lord's will for his life. Now I hope and pray that no one in here today is waiting on the Lord's will for their life. If you don't know what the Lord's will is for your life, you that's 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 the first prayer you better start praying. Lord, what is your will for my life? What would you have me do, Lord? That ought, that ought to be every Sunday morning, every Sunday morning before you come to church. You know, you'll know what the Lord's will is for your life. That you be in God's house. That'd be a good time to pray. Good time to pray. Look at Romans 8 and verse 26. Most of you probably know I'm going to eventually go to this verse, these verses. Romans 8 and verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now the key to it is, is the Spirit of God leading your life? Or are you just going out there on your own and doing what you think is okay? Wouldn't it be okay if I do this? Lord, it'll be okay if I do that or this. Are you, are you driven by the will God has for your life? Or are you just making your own decisions as to what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? Think about that for just a moment. Is it God's will for you to be somewhere else on the Lord's day than in the Lord's house, in your church that you're a member of? What is the Lord's will for your life? 
He says down here in the 27th verse, And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let me tell you, folks, God will not only answer your prayers, but he will lead you to what to pray for. He will lead you what to pray for. You don't have, any, have to have anybody tell you what you need to pray for. The leadership of the Lord will tell you what you need to pray for. Well, there's another one. Do we wait on the Lord? Or do we just do it because it's just mandatory at this time that we pray? You know, I pretty much know who I'm going to call on to pray every Wednesday night and every Sunday. I know beforehand. Well, what's the sad part about it is some of the people that I want to call on beforehand are not even in church. They're not even here. There's a lot of things happen in the Lord's house. A lot of things happen during the Lord's service. A lot of things happen. If you've missed the Lord's service in the last few weeks, you missed a lot. You missed a uh, 50, I don't know, 50-some-year-old man saved. I believe that's right. 50-some. Deanna, no, Deanna don't want to tell us. He's that old. 53. She went like this. We saw a 53-year-old man saved. We saw a 7-year-old girl saved. Did you miss all that? You wasn't in the place you should be. Did you miss it? Well, why do we expect God's going to listen to us anyway? Because we're because I'm Paul Jackson, he's going to listen to me anyway. Because I've been preaching for fifty, going on fifty three years. First day of first Sunday in May, I'll be preaching fifty three years. You think God's just going to listen to me just because I've been preaching fifty three years? No, I have the same, I have the same things that that you have you have. Well, I have to, I, I don't know sometimes what to pray for. I have to ask God, what should I pray for? God, what needs to be prayed for? I know when I go to bed at night, there's one thing that I know that God leads me that I have to pray about. And that's for peaceful sleep. You know the difference in peaceful sleep and restless sleep? I know all of you do. You know the difference in, like one man told me one time, he said, I dreamed so much that he said, I wish I didn't even go to bed. You know, God will give you peaceful sleep.
And that's one thing that I know that we need to pray about. God will give us peaceful sleep. Tossing and turning, tossing and turning, tossing and turning. No, I like peaceful sleep myself. Well, then ask according, we done said that, ask according to his will. Ask in faith. Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall not, and ye shall have them. I guess you could hit every one of us right in the head right now, and every one of us would be right there. How many times have we lacked not praying in faith? We just, we just do it because we feel like that's what we, we should be doing. We should pray over the meal because that's what we feel like we should be doing. We pray, we pray, uh, uh, a couple of times a day because we feel like that's what we should be doing. But are we praying in faith? God, Jesus said, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark 11 and verse 24. The Bible says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed, and the heavens opened and gave rain. I've read that, I have read that a dozen, if not two dozen times in my ministry. And, and I'm yet to be, I'm yet to be unamazed at that statement. Elijah prayed and there was rain. And he prayed and then the rain stopped. <laughs> Jesus controlled the sea. All he had to do was just raise his hand up and, and say, be still. And the sea was still. Jesus controlled the sun. He controlled the stars. He controlled everything. He just, by his word, he just say, don't shine today, and they won't shine. But yet, through prayer, God gave a man, not this man, but he gave a man the power to pray for it to rain and the power to pray for it to stop. What? What would we do with such power? What would we do with such power? You know, I heard somebody say the other day, I wish it quit raining. I mean, what would we do with such power when we've just got just enough rain? We've got just enough. We've got enough now. It's time to quit. Is that not a rebuke of God? That's a rebuke of God. God's going to send us a rain. He's going to send us exactly what we need. 
You might say, well, it's too much. No, it's exactly what we need. Think about the people in a few months from now that will be praying for rain. They'll be praying, they'll be praying for it to rain. Out there doing all kinds of hoochie dances and everything trying to get it to rain. When all Elijah did said, Lord, send the rain. How long did the Lord send it for? Three years. It come time when Elijah said, Lord, that's enough. And he quit raining. Think about it. Abide in him. Now, abide in him. Live your life totally and completely in him. That's what it means to abide in him. You say, where do we get that from? Jesus said, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, And my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and this shall be done unto you. Hard, those hard scriptures. That's hard, tough scriptures. That's tough scriptures against me. I know it's tough against you, all of you. It's tough against me. I was always amazed. I tell you, one preacher. I was always amazed at, and that's Gordon Buchanan. Gordon Buchanan was a praying preacher. Gordon Buchanan was one of them that just stopped and prayed just on a, just on a hunch. Gordon Buchanan's called me many times on the phone and said, let's pray together about something. I was always amazed at him. Of course, he don't even know who he is now. Don't even know where he is. My dad got like that, but my dad still knew where to go to and pray. My dad got to where he got to where he he didn't even know me. But yet he knew where his prayer closet was. He knew what time it was to go to it. I went up there and he looked straight ahead. He never said hello, never said anything to us. He was sitting on the couch and and I went in the kitchen and mom most of me come to the kitchen. I went in the kitchen and mom said, You know what he's looking for, don't you? I said, No. She said he's looking at that clock. She said, When that clock gets five o'clock, he's heading for that prayer closet. And sure enough he did. He hadn't talked to anybody. He, he, he called me, he called me, uh, some Estes. I can't remember one of the worst guys up in the country up there. Homer Estes. I went in, he said, why you, I, I said, you know who I am, dad? He said, yeah, you Homer Estes. And I thought to myself, that's one of the worst men in the county up here. But 
let me tell you one thing he knew. He knew his Lord. Mom said, go over there and put your ear up to that door and listen. A man who was completely out of his head prayed a prayer that it made me envious. A prayer, a praying. Abide in him. See that his word abides in you. And whatsoever you ask, it shall be done unto you. And here's the last thought I've got down for today. Are you sure that your heart does not condemn you? Are you a lost man trying to reach God? Are you a saved man that maybe don't know how to reach God? A lot of lost people are praying prayers. You know, and nothing is happening. They just pray. Apostle John says... Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. There's a powerful thing right there. you got to be sure your heart's right with God. Is everybody's heart right with God that comes up here? this circle or do people have secret sins that they don't want to tell anybody about or sins that they sweep under the rug don't want anybody to know about them beloved if our heart condemns us not then have we confidence toward God and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Four or five right there. So you, you can understand how I came up with over 20. God only answers prayers according to our faith. He very sh- be very sure your lips are not asking what is foreign to your heart. Be sure that your lips are not asking what is foreign to your heart. Be sure of that. All right, let's form a circle.